Hello and welcome to Pop Salsa, a geek-centric podcast where we sift through the recent happenings in movies and TV. I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy, Ernesto. Hey! Today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we are going to talk about Quantumania, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania? How do you say? What's yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it's a mouthful, I, I, though. I kind of, yeah, I kind of feel like there's something missing in there. It should be like Ant Man and the Wasp and the Adventures of in Quantumania or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this movie came out last week, so we're talking about it now because we are timely as ever. <laughs> on time. See what you did so, there. On time. Yes, I get it. On I time, get it. Yeah, I mean. What what was it Kang saying that once you see time the way he he sees it basically nothing really yeah it's repetitive yeah man after my own uh, heart <laughs> exactly so initial impressions uh what how'd you go into watching the movie were you like yes yeah, it's gonna be awesome or what you what how was it? I, I was really excited because I'm I'm a sucker for trailers and just the how the mm-hmm. trailer depicted going into the quantum world it seems so like uh you know Dorothy. You know, going through the mirror oh, yeah. and going through and looking at all that stuff. So I was, I was in relatively high spirits. Like Jonathan Majors, I'm so down. Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, everyone. I basically named the whole cast. <laughs> so everyone, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm, was very excited going into it. Yeah, I'm same. I have, um, there's a, a certain uh, list of actors and actresses who, no matter what, I, I would watch, you know, almost anything they do. And Paul Rudd is on that list. Mm. So I'm all in for whatever Paul Rudd does and him becoming um, one of my favorite, you know, uh, characters in the greater MCU story. His his portrayal of Scott Lang is just fantastically funny and everything. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And just like you, the trailer made it seem like this is the beginning of the shit, you know, right. when shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there. Paul Rudd is so freaking good. There's a scene in, I think, Endgame. Yes, it's Endgame. Endgame where he finds Cassie and, like, they hug and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that scene always gets me because you can see the range of emotions that he's going through. You yeah. know, he's confused. He's, you know, he's really sad. And then he's he's really sad where his face distorts. And that scene always mm-hmm. gets me and because it's just Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, man. I don't want to yeah. see him cry. <laughs> I'll cry oh, if he starts crying. Yeah. So it's it's kind of hard not to touch upon a little bit about, you know, all the negativity mm. that's being bountied about with this movie. And I'm not talking about like neg- negativity within the movie itself, but like people's reaction. And everybody seems to be on the down with this movie not like down yeah this is awesome but like it's, <laughs> it's not the greatest movie uh, of all time yeah. and for me uh, i was like hey this is you know right up the same road as any other marvel movie in the mcu you know especially from an ant-man perspective yeah it's 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 something that's not overly great i mean it, it's the first film of the first of the phase five after phase four so it i don't feel like Coming from there, you could make something that's out of the park, I, personally. Yeah. But also, yeah, it doesn't feel too bad either. I mean, it feels like your typical kind of rom-comp, not rom-comp, but, you know, your Marvel comp kind of going through new world. Everything's really safe. There's not really a lot of stakes there. Um, there's funny moments. Some some of them not really, you know, a good place to put them, but, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's like a lot of... That we're in this situation that could be, you know, the beginning of the end, but let's cram as many jokes as we possibly can in to make it lighthearted. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so 
Going into this film, it was interesting, and obviously there was a lot of speculation in my head about what's going to happen, <laughs> who who characters are going to die, or anything like that. And I'm I'm happy that everybody made it out relatively safe. Mm. We had the the um the the big moment in the trailer where Paul Rudd was saying, "I don't have to beat you as long as we both lose." Right, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's going to sacrifice himself." And to to some extent in the movie, he did, but everything came out in a way where it's like, yay, we're here. But then all of a sudden you start thinking about what was said in the film and stuff like that. It's like, holy shit, wait, are they going to be really okay? See, that's a good point. I, I'll be honest with you. I hated the ending. <laughs> I, I, I did it because there's there's so much... It's Kang. You know, Kang, the big baddie Thanos-level threat kind of introduced in the first movie of the phase. Uh, he has to have this lasting impression. Right, he has to leave some sort of body on the floor that will make oh he's a serious kind of character. But you bring up a fantastic point because it, it, they do come back to the real world. You know, Dorothy does wake up from the dream, but is it really? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. I, see, now I'm reevaluating it. That's a good point because it, that one scene where he's monologuing to himself, it's like the music gets all distorted, gets all demonic sounding, and you're like, is he safe? Is it gonna be okay? He barely made it out alive. <laughs> Yeah, so let's start. Let's jump back to the beginning. So the the film starts off with uh, Scott Lang being heralded as the hero he deserves to be because obviously it was <laughs> yeah he saved he helped save the world three years ago three right? five I think the blip oh three years ago the oh the movie okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the mo- yeah I'm referring to the movie I don't know where the timeline <laughs> of any of this falls into but yeah like you know, I'm talking about in the real world uh, with um. Right. Endgame. Right. So he helps he helps save the world and obviously he deserves all the accolation and everything. And it was really funny, even in that um the scene in uh the trailer, we're like, Thank you, Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And then from there it immediately jumps into the story, right? It it it's it's revealed that his her, his daughter Cassie has been fucking around trying to map the quantum um realm. Mm-hmm. And they created again. All of this is in the trailer, so spoiler, spoiler. Right, should probably put that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's um it, it's revealed that they created a antenna to send a signal to have it bounce back, and they could be able to map and everything. Mm-hmm. But then, it, just like in the trailer, Michelle Pfeiffer's character begins to lose her shit. And, and honestly, my biggest gripe with the movie was with her character. Mm, really? Because for some for some reason, she held on to, hey, there's this potentially extinction level threat in, in that I, that I came across. Maybe you guys should know about it. Yeah, they <laughs> it, they they should have leaned more on her. Like I I, I yeah. feel like that cold opening was you know you get it right. She's scared, but I I do Michelle. It's Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer. It's freaking yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. It would have been a great Catwoman, man. You're right, exactly. Oh, exactly. You know her best role. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm just, <laughs> people are gonna be like, really? Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just joking. But yeah, and it, they should have built her up a little bit more than than just being the scared mom. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they they should have done something else to convey her the the level of fright that she had. Aside from hey, let's just not tell the rest of the characters that there's this genocidal maniac <laughs> that got trapped in the in the quantum realm. Yeah, and he has like advanced technology that's centuries ahead. Like that's something you kind of want to tell your close loved ones, you know. 
Yes, especially after they did save the world from a genocidal maniac. <laughs> with, with technology. No, just he didn't, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 um, the Infinity Stones are, are in some way, a, a, you know, a doomsday device. Mm, so. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. 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 So it, that that was really my big gripe. Where it's like you're you're trying to push on the or create this sense of invincibility within Kang, mm-hmm. only on relying on she's so scared she doesn't even want to want to talk about what what she experienced. Yeah, and it sucks because a good part of the movie kind of builds that, doesn't it? It it really mm. leans on Michelle Pfeiffer's kind of sphere. You know, and you, you kind of, you know, you get it. She looks at the, the this weapons platform as they're going to the city. I don't think they named the city, but Kang City, you know, Kanopolis. And uh, they, they <laughs> see they see like a weapons platform and you see honest, you, you see Jonathan Major's face on the wall. And then she kind of like, you know, gets scared and you, you kind of get it. But it doesn't, f- it feels like it's building up to the moment where it, it just kind of falls flat when you actually meet Kang. And it's like, oh, I, okay, yeah. there we go, I guess. Yeah, it's like they spent... I want to say like a good 30 to 45 minutes of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wh- why why are we running? What's going on? And then Bill Murray's character comes in and it, it's like, <laughs> who is this? You didn't tell him anything about me. It's like, you could have done this a differently. You could have done this a little better to to really show the horrific shit that, that this Kang, this version of Kang... Um, is it has done and and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and I, I love Bill Murray as well. I, 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 oh, yeah. I, it's something about you know comedians being able to reflect that really desperate kind of sad emotion. Like Paul Rudd when he gets when he gets not funny and you you know it's real, you know. What I mean, and it's same yeah. with with uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray's character, you know, like you left us with him, and you kind of get chills. Like what he's all serious now, he's super jokey, and then you get that that intimidation. And Bill Murray yeah. does that in five minutes, and it took what you say forty five minutes for you to really <laughs> grasp Kang's, you know, influence and power. And that, that's I think that sucks. <laughs> yeah, and there was that other scene where um, it's revealed that Bill Murray is pseudo working with Kang. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is like, "You change or whatever." And then you said, and then Bill Murray says, "You can, you'll find that he's quite convincing." Right. Like just saying yeah. that. Holy shit! What did he do to yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That just your your mind goes everywhere. So I'd rather have those moments there than you know Michelle Pfeiffer just kind of looking angryish, you know, or kind of like you know really scared and stuff. Like I'd rather see those dialogal moments. Dialogal moments. That a real word. You know, those moments where they exchange words and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. One. One hundred percent. Um. So once they enter the uh, the quantum realm, they're split up. Michelle Pfeiffer and uh Douglas. What the, yeah, Michael Douglas's mm-hmm. character, Hank Pym, Hank and Home Pit, Hank, Hope and. Uh, Janet. What's the name? Janet. Janet yeah, yeah. There you go. Hank, Janet, and Hope. They get separated, and um, Paul Rudd and his daughter are s- together as they get separated as well. So we find out uh, following um, Paul Rudd and, and his daughter's character that there is a like a freedom fighters, resistance fighter, resistance fighters, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there that are have come from the waste that he has laid onto their their culture, their civilizations, their people and stuff like that. And they're ba- 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 bounding together to be able to, to put up a front mm-hmm. and fall. I think like if they would have put 
Michelle Pfeiffer's character in a situation like that, that would have obviously lended some sort of, you know, aura of invin that that aura of invincibility with Kang or that that terrifyingness that he has that he he instilled in Michelle Pfeiffer would have would have con been conveyed a lot better just because like hey she's here she's the one who helped them be be get his suit you know? do you how, how about, do you feel like it would be better if those if their perspectives were switched and instead yeah, instead of well, instead of Bill Murray right instead of Bill mm -hmm. Murray meeting Hope and uh, Henry and stuff like that it'd rather be meeting the granddaughter or not the granddaughter but you know the granddaughter s kind of character and uh <laughs> yeah 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 no i agree yeah. I, I absolutely agree i could see how you would introduce this badass resistance and then like they're desperate and like why are they desperate they're super badass kind mm -hmm. of thing yeah yeah yeah, that was a trip when um that like amoeba was fucking <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to 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 attack um Ant Man and his daughter, and then all of a sudden, did he have a name? This character, I, I don't know. I'm sure. I just, I'm, I just know I'm sure he doesn't he have holes. <laughs> that's the only... Oh no 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 no! That's oh. the guy. That's the guy oh, with the, with the, the jelly. The the, the, yeah, the, the, the giant the, sun thing. Yeah the uh, the lamp head dude. Oh, the lamp head dude. Okay, yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that was a cool scene. I did like that. That was a cool scene. It just like incinerates the the amoeba yeah <laughs> and they're like hey they're safe and then they immediately get captured <laughs> yeah I, I speaking of which when they do go to the camp i did really like how they did the how they could speak english or understand their language oh like, yeah you drink the goo yeah, you drink the goo right <laughs> usually when especially in sci-fi films that you just they just speak english and you just kind of you know wave it off but they have to go with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like in Star Wars, everyone speaks like English to some extent. And you're like, why is everyone speaking one language? But here <laughs> Or even even if they don't uh -huh. speak English, they still understand each right. other. Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially like freaking Luke's talking to a droid. Like, how do you understand that? You're sort of Yeah, they're talking to Walrus face. Yeah, well, and then, <laughs> you heard you got you got what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a... that I, I found it a little weird mm -hmm. because you're like the, this character who secretes this ooze that once you drink it, you're able to understand uh, the character, uh, what they're saying, right? Yeah. They, they magically start speaking the same language. Yeah. But he's fixated with holes. Yeah. And that's like, I, I, I found that a little weird just because like... Mm -hmm. Are you talking about my butthole? What's what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, it, it, it's one of the. It's very juvenile humor, but I'm 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 for it. <laughs> I see where you're coming yeah, from, though. It, yeah, it is kind of a I, like a weird, but you know, seeing Paul Rudd's face, like how many you have seven holes, and then you see him counting, like him mentally <laughs> counting. Uh, like I remember in the theater, I was I was actually counting with him. Like, is there really? And I started. Yeah, so, wait. Wait, but then you gotta okay. So we got the nose has two nasal right. like, nostrils. Right. Does that count as two or does that count as one? I think that's count as two. If there's seven, there two? that count has that has to count as two because you have one, two. What about your ear holes? Yeah, that, one, two. that's four, and then five, and I don't know the other five. Is it the <laughs> eyes? Maybe or eyes? So two, all right, two eyes, two nostrils, two ear holes, one mouth. Oh, one that's mouth. That's more than seven. Already. I didn't count the mouth. I didn't count the eyes. Oh, wait, five. So two eyes. Maybe a two nostrils. Maybe your pee hole. Your dick hole. Yeah. yeah your pee hole. Okay, know? so your butt, your pee hole, and then your face, basically. Your face. Yeah, minus the yeah. eyes. 
Minus the yeah. yeah. That was just that was, I felt that a little weird. Like, uh. <laughs> All right, whatever. But then it's introduced to I think my favorite character, the uh, telepath. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The telepath who is completely done with everybody's shit. Yeah, <laughs> like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I did like him. Like, he, he, like that's, I like how Paul he, Paul's character tries to lie. He's like, oh, I would love to have the power. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like now you're trying to. Now you're thinking about. Um, what would it be like to do this? It's like, stop thinking that. Like, stop <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> like, please stop. Yeah, I, I do love that when they introduce the sci-fi elements, it's incredibly mm. realistic in terms of sci-fi. You know, like, how is everyone speaking the same language? Oh, we drink this ooze. Someone is a telepath. Mm. He hates being a telepath. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. and it's those little details yeah. that um, for people like, like uh, us who have a... I mean, not to sound better than that, to make a sound that we're better than everybody else, but because, you know, obviously we're not, but we have a, a sense of what we like and what we don't like. Yes. You know, just like yes. when uh, in John Wick, the first movie, when they reload, it's like, oh shit, they finally, somebody did a shooting movie where they reloaded. Right, right. You know? Exactly. The, the little details that, that films yeah. back in the day, you know, and, and Lethal Weapon, they're not reloading. <laughs> you know, no, kind of thing no. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, that the, the telepath character was, was, was pretty funny. And um, there... I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't see how people are giving, like, poo-pooing this movie as much as, as it is. Because isn't it, like, tied with Thor The Dark World as, like, the worst, one of the worst I MCU movies? It's tied with Eternals. Eternals, yeah. yeah Eternals, right, yeah. Eternals. It's tied with Eternals. And, uh, like, say what you say with Eternals. At least they tried something new. Like, everything aside. Mm-hmm. But it, this is Ant-Man, right? You know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And it's a relatively lighthearted film. And... Maybe it's because they expected the first, the next phase to really take running, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Like, do you, do you think yeah, it's something I mean, like that, or is it just like critics kind of infecting other people and <laughs> making it sound like a disease? But you know, critics kind of opinions because you see that everywhere in the headlines, and and you can't help but read it and go into the theater and kind of mirror that, maybe. That kind yeah, of view. already go in with that mentality, right? Yeah, and I, I, I think that it is that that there's a certain subset of critics out there that taint like out out of the start, put like a negative taint on every and all movie, and people who tend to go by what these critics say have already like they're I don't want to say color have rose colored glasses, more like have have shit covered glasses <laughs> when they're going into a movie. Yeah, they made up their and, minds already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so like for me, I agree with you 100%. It's typical Marvel down the middle of the line, let's not offend anybody, let's just make a funny esque movie. Yeah. Especially with Ant-Man. Yeah, and considering that it's the first phase, I remember coming out of theater that it was really safe. Like this movie, if you're going to get anything from it, it's it's really safe. Like the ending everyone lives right? and it's supposed to be Kang <laughs> yeah. and it's the it's the big baddie right and everyone lives and there's mm-hmm. not really much stakes to be had and I could see how critics would be you know you have movies like Winter Soldier right you have movies mm-hmm. like Ragnarok and you can see that Marvel can make those impactful movies those great movies right but they choose not yeah. to because it's safe and but the thing is yeah. seeing from this film it's the first phase and you do not want to mess that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You no. don't want to mess up the first impression and they, I don't want to say sacrificed Ant-Man, but they played him safe for the greater good down the line. So now you can take risks. 
Yeah. Well, that's I mean, I like, <laughs> you also have, you also have to come, uh, consider where coming off what's possibly the most negatively mm-hmm. reviewed, not reviewed, but accepted phase of the MCU, which is phase four. Absolutely. Or every movie in that, in that phase was pretty bad yeah it was either way <laughs> of the spectrum it's either it was, yeah. it was okay and really bad <laughs> you know yeah, or confusing or maybe you know. <laughs> you know yeah and i thought i thought what um the fucking multiverse of madness was going to be the, the like the first step in the overall hey you know kang is out there and we need to to do something yeah but they didn't read. They didn't no, even it wasn't. mention. Kang no, it was no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was just madness. Right? It yeah, wasn't. just in- insanity. Yeah. So okay, now let's talk about the big baddie, Kang. Where? What? What do you think of Kang? I love Jonathan Majors uh, as Kang. I'm already biased. I already, I already jumped the gun. <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I the yeah. scene that I told you about. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week's show, and I told him a little bit about it because Joel doesn't like spoilers because Joel is a monster. But I don't mind them. I don't. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Come on. Yeah, it doesn't bother Joel. So I told him a bit, and I really like that scene. So what did you think of yeah. that that scene where he's first introduced to uh, Paul Rudd's character, to Scott? Yeah, it's. You could sense that Jonathan Majors brings this, you know, aura of intimidation almost anywhere he goes. Mm. Um, right now, he seems to be like the it guy in Hollywood. Mm. He has, you know, Creed is coming out. He's the big baddie in the the next phase of the MCU. Yeah. Um, and he, just like what you were saying, it's you know you're you've come up with a rival that is uncomparable because just he Jonathan Majors brings that to to his character. Yeah. Yeah. I. I- I was kind of afraid when we do see him and he's really intimidating uh, that he was going to be paralleled to Thanos, you know, kind of that philosophical, the philosophical, philosophical, you know, that, that, that philosophical, philosophical thank you words, that philosophical <laughs> kind of villain, you know, he's very dead set in his ways, but and to some extent mm-hmm. he is kind of that kind of character, but it's instead of just for the greater good like Thanos was, he just wants to wipe everything out. You know, it's like a game. Genocide mm-hmm. is, a, is a game to him. You know, he wants to win kind of thing. And he, <laughs> he does have that, you know, I, I'm just a simple guy, but I will torture your daughter in front of you if you don't, you know, just kind of the flip of the switch yeah. when, when he darts. He doesn't torture Cassie, but he gets damn well near it. Yeah, it's... And does that... His powers, like his force powers, come because of his suit, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just okay. technology at that point. Yeah, like that's the thing where the character. Um, do we know what's Kang's character before he adopted the monocle of Kang? Oh God, uh, it's I. It's been so long. It's probably changed in the comics by now, but from yeah. what I understand, Kang is related to Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. I do remember, yeah. like. It, they have some something some sort of connection i want to say reed it's it's reed's kid maybe to some extent or some descendant of reed but he's like he's he's connected to him as you can tell by his genius level intellect to invent time yeah. travel you know what i mean so <laughs> that's already the connection um with with uh the fantastic 4 and we have a fantastic 4 being developed down the line yeah and yeah so i think like that kang um 
the one thing that I didn't like, mm. and this all comes into the end, which is the the post or the mid. Yeah, though after the scene. credits or in the middle. Yeah, I think credits. the after the post credit scene right. was um, when it's like the Council of Kings, mm-hmm. right? And then like in the comics, it was Kang was a singular character that traveled timeline. Mm-hmm. Hence, Conqueror. And now it's making yes, hence that's yeah, why it's called it, it. yeah. And now they're making it seem like it's gonna be a a lesion of Kangs. Yeah, it's a lesion of Kangs, right? A planet full of Kangs. It it, yeah. it does. I feel that's why they did Ant Man with him, because mm-hmm. Ant Man is already a ridiculous kind of character. You know, it's a dude who has ants and he rides ants mm-hmm. to battle and stuff like that. So it does. It, it does feel comedic. When you're introduced to Kang the Conqueror kind of character, and then you have a council full of Kangs, and you know Jonathan Majors is playing multiple parts, and there's one that kind of reminds me of Marlon Brando, you know how he's speaking, and there's an eccentric <laughs> yeah. tech head kind of character, you know what I mean? And it, and it's it's it is bizarre. it is kind of bizarre and just kind of weird to like you don't I didn't know how to react to it because when I see Thanos, I'm like oh crap things are gonna go down but when i saw that i was like this is weird (laughs) yeah it was it was a little confusing to say the least especially like considering how the mid-credit scene was i'm assuming something out of loki season two right where they come across in like the 1800s uh a king and you could see the sheer terror uh, in loki's face yeah and when he recognizes kang you know so it always at, at, at the very i mean at least to me knowing what uh, season one of Loki was and then knowing a little bit about the character from the comics, you, I would have always imagined that it was going to be one singular King mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, you know, had control because he, he, he did uh, of everything, you know, you fuck you up and go back in time and fuck you up. So you don't even <laughs> have the fight he, he has with you now, you know, so right. that type of shit. But now that it's kind of opened it up to like, uh, <laughs> We made the comparison last week of the the season uh, th- three or four of uh, Rick and Morty with the Council of the Ricks Council and of Kangs. Was <laughs> right. yeah. the Council of Kangs and shit like that? So it's it was it's just like, huh? Uh, all right, where where are they going to go to this to be able to distill everything down to a singular character that is worthy of the you know the title Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, I, I am I am on the fence with that. I don't really see it as a good thing. I don't really see it as a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. I do see it as their way of stretching this bad guy out. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, right. That's especially <laughs> when you brought the Council of Ricks. The Council of Ricks in the show was was this kind of reoccurring bad guy that you never got sick of seeing. So, so maybe Kang the Council of Kangs is going to be that kind of where you have these these Kangs wrecking chaos across the multiverse <laughs> and you have phase four phase five and phase six to deal with them until we see at the end of phase five where it's actually kang the conqueror instead like one has risen from above all of them again yeah so <laughs> so every movie in the mcu for phase five and six is they're gonna fight one version of kang <laughs> is that what you're saying if, if not affected by his what he's done because I could, I could very <laughs> yeah. well see Thunderbolts, or maybe, maybe Thunderbolts, but uh, a film like there's some, some sort of a, a planet's gone supernova for some reason, right? Or like a star system's mm-hmm. disappeared. Now there's war uh, against the Scroll, or you know, some sort of empire. It turns out Kang was the one who accidentally wiped out a galaxy, 
and decided and this <laughs> and this is the repercussions but he doesn't care because this is all you know what i mean the, the, those yeah. kind of small fry repercussions because essentially he's he's as close as to a god kind of character given his level of technology totally and like now i'm starting to think that Avert, like what would be a like a perfect st- uh, jumping off point or a midpoint would be his interaction with the Eternals, mm. who are a you know, as of now are like of the highest level in in the hierarchy that we've we've seen mm-hmm. on this on the superhero phase, you know, because like they're not just gods and shit; they're like beyond celestials and all that right. crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so planet. maybe like yeah. oh. Exactly. So, like, maybe like they interact with Kang in 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 a in a, in a sense and recognize the the danger he he p- imposes just for existing on the every version of every timeline that's ever existed. You know. Yeah. Yeah. May it could even be. I would even expand it to maybe the Celestials are seeding planets and rebuilding your galaxies because someone or something is is losing a lot of them. And it's like, yeah, Kang, I want to say it's Galactus personally. <laughs> like Galactus. That, yeah, that's because, you know, it's like a buffet and they keep restocking the buffet. But I also mm-hmm. I could also see them doing it with Kang where in multiverses and, and galaxies and universes, there are planets missing and there are celestials to replace those planets because of Kang yeah. kind of thing. That, yeah, that is that super like, like that gave me chills. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like a perfect setup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, and I know you are, hook us up. I know, <laughs> hook us up. <laughs> we we could solve your phase four problem. <laughs> but okay, so now back to the movie with Kang, and oh my god, the way he, when Paul Rudd mentions that he's an Avenger, and, he, oh, and yeah. Kang just is like, oh yeah, I've dealt with you guys before. <laughs> just this like this utter non-importance <laughs> of that washes over Kang, just like. Pfft. Avengers. Yeah, and he's like, "Have I killed you before? Are you the one with the hammer?" And it's like, "Wait, what?" I was just, yeah. especially when his speech, when when he's facing yeah. them down, the Ant family, and he's like, "I am Kang," you know. I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, you are." Yeah. See, that's the type of shit that, like, like knowing that he killed Thor, mm-hmm. the strongest Avenger ever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he like that he killed them. Just like shit like that is what would have you know, sprinkled throughout the whole movie would have embodied like elevated the, the terrifyingness of Kang to a whole new level. Yeah, it should have been. I feel like it should have been utilized more. Yes, Ab- absolutely. Maybe they couldn't afford him enough. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it, it just I mean, maybe it's it's a good thing for to for the movie to do that because we mm. we, we want more. Right, we want more, and we 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 want the movie to have him more, and maybe it's a good thing for that bad guy to we want him more to see him down the line, you know? I I mean, yeah, like um, well, I mean, I still feel like if you were to build up this, mm. you know, God among gods, <laughs> an Adonis, <laughs> yes, this Adonis of uh, I mean, I mean, Jonathan Majors is already an Adonis. Don't get me wrong. But like that character, just to have it, this aura of holy shit, what am I like? We thought Thanos was bad. This Thanos, this dude makes Thanos look like nothing. Yeah. And then the next time you see either version, whichever version of Kang, you're just gonna be stuck. It's like holy shit, is this the 
the big bad that everybody like that's been building up to, mm-hmm. or is this going to be a a version of Thanos that obviously still going to pose a, a major danger? <laughs> major, major, major danger. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And it's Jonathan yeah. Majors brings that gravitas to him. Like mm-hmm. in that scene where he's talking to the Ant family, he's like. Uh, you know how many rebellions I've put down? You know how many revolutions? Uh, yes. How many Avengers yes, like, I've you think, killed? <laughs> you think this is new to me? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you think you think how many rev- like uprisings I've put down? Like oh, how many people I've killed? Oh my yeah. god, that is like that is like prime dictator shit yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's aware. You know, he's yeah. he's completely aware of what he's doing, but he believes that it's for the greater good at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I would have yeah. loved to see him. Uh, I, I don't know if more, but more integrated earlier rather than half mm-hmm. of the movie being, you know, hyping him up and then the rest of it him. I would, I would prefer it to be a little bit more consistent throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Like show us what they did, what he did to the you know the people living in the quantum realm. Right, right. You know, show us what he did uh, that had them bounty together, or like have a like a him building his what you call it, Kangopolis. <laughs> Kangopolis. <laughs> yeah, his Kangopolis or something. You know. Yeah, because the the leader of the rebellion of the rebels was like he built his city or his metropolis or what his city I think on the bones of my ancestors, and I was like, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to see that. <laughs> I know it's horrible, yeah. but it, it's it really just it's world building, and I'd love to and character building, so I'd love to see that. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so what about Modok? <laughs> <laughs> Modok, Modok. Uh, what is it? A machine mechanized only organism design. Mechanized, o- yeah, only for killing. Yeah, right? only for killing. Uh, and it's like Modoff, right? <laughs> like yeah. making a, a riff on it. Um, I, I, I want to say I, I love him, but mm-hmm. there is kind of that that feeling of uh, reluctant love. <laughs> reluctant love because on the one hand it's modok he's a hilarious character and it's something that they integrated him relatively flawlessly you know when it comes to this giant head on a space wheelchair floating around with his tiny baby legs (laughs) it it made sense it made sense the way they um they utilize that character just because like he's he's played by Corey stoll who played um i think yellow jacket yellow jacket yeah yellow Yellow jacket Jacket in the first one and it, um, you follow like this, I don't know, like this two or three minute uh, sequence <laughs> about when he, like what happened to him and how fucked up he got and all that crazy shit. Yeah. And then he comes back as Modoc and it's and in this one, it's set that Jonathan, uh, well not Jonathan Majors, but Kang will build him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right? it's like this He's, three minute thing and, and it's super serious in Modoc's head, <laughs> but yeah. and, but it's like in, in, uh, in Scott's head, it's like, really? Like, that's what happened to you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like uh, this character is represented as truthfully as you could possibly get mm-hmm. just because it's like it is a, you know, the super lethal dis- killing machine, but it it. It's self-aware about how ridiculous and campy it is. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I feel like they captured the essence of that character perfectly in this, in this, um, in this film, making the the dude who played 
yellow yellow jacket Modoc just because like it opened up the avenue for so many more jokes. Yeah, <laughs> Darian Cross, not the very <laughs> stable guy, and now you give him this this uh, the ultimate weapon kind of thing, and he's not even more not stable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I did I do I absolutely love him. My only gripe is. The, the visual effects, uh, I'm not one to really notice that, especially if it doesn't have something to do with the narrative, like it's spaghetti people or some sort of uh, distortion. But here mm-hmm. it, was, it was hard to watch because he is a giant face. <laughs> so his, yeah. his face did look kind of stretchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there 100% with you. Like if, I've seen versions of MODOK that it's it's more like the head more so than like the face stretched out. Right, right. You know, and I feel like um, it did look like it was weird. It was weirdly distorted and stuff like that. And it stretched out. It was. It, it did kind of look a little funky, and like I noticed it in the trailer. But um, I, I was like, "Yeah, hey, fuck it, whatever." Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's a floating head compared to you know yeah. a time traveling conqueror? <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's something where you kind of have to go and there have been complaints as well for modok if we're on uh-huh. the topic of the movie uh, being you know slammed without people seeing it and modok has like it's weird it doesn't fit in the you know narrative of the mcu but to be let's be frank this is the quantum realm a world so small that you have to travel and become like really tidy and stuff like that so let's modok is the least of the weird things in this film yeah i mean if 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 <laughs> If if shrinking down so so much to the point where you enter a an alternate universe, <laughs> like that's you're okay with that. But Modok Modok completely lost you. Yeah, I mean, you probably should get you you should get your fucking priority straight, man. <laughs> um, but like okay, so so they expanded the quantum realm to the point where there's like a whole civilization living in there. Yeah. Don't doesn't did that make you want to like hey maybe there should be like a, a like a quantum something that that explains a little bit more about how these people these beings are living and thriving yeah in the quantum realm yeah uh, absolutely uh, it's yeah. it feels like it would have made the like on the on the narrative side it would have made it more bloated but it would have fixed it would not have fixed the narrative but it would have helped it along to know the stakes yeah. you know kind of thing I don't I, I like. I personally like a narrative where they take you in the shoes of a person, right? Mm-hmm. And it begins with that and you get a feel of who they are. And then now you have kind of this impression. I would have liked that here where you see what they're fighting for, right? Like, or what happened to them before or when they tried to fight. Well, like Bill Mayer's characters, obviously he's capitulated. So why not them mm-hmm. to some extent? Right, where they feel like it's, you know what I mean? You like build that stuff and show us their village and show us what they're fighting for rather than, you know, kind of hinting at the camera, like, yeah, you get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, King, they, they're, they're oppressed, right? You get it? Like, show us yeah. that kind of thing. But again, it, it, it's, it's, it's safe. It's to make, to take those ambitious moments or those ambitious things. Yeah. yeah. And did, so this movie was just, over five, uh, two hours, only five hours. No, just over two hours. <laughs> right. Do you kind of feel like they could have pushed it a little bit? Uh, no. Uh, no? no, I feel I do feel like there are some scenes that could have been cut, to be fair with you. But if they push it mm-hmm. to, like, say, you're thinking two, an hour and 30, maybe? I was thinking, like, 2.15. 2.15? Uh, 2.15? Yeah. No, I, I don't feel like it, it could have been. Because mm-hmm. then the whole narrative would have to be revamped. You know what I mean? It's not something where you can just... 
uh, you can put in and then go with it. it the, the whole narrative has to be rebuilt, and I, I don't know how that would work out. I mean, you could have you could have easily just shown like like we said uh, them building a civilization mm-hmm. and Kang destroying everything and stuff like that. And it, like it's it's not you know two thirty where you have to fill twenty minutes. Right. It's two fifteen at the most. You're gonna have to fill ten minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would be hard. Honestly, I I, yeah. I can see where you're coming from, but it it does. It's so textbook, you know what I mean? The yeah. film is so textbook, and adding a, a chapter in there would ease it along, but I would prefer it just to be something um, completely... Like, even the cold opening, I wouldn't want like, to do the cold opening. Because it, it, I don't know what to feel about the cold openings that Marvel has been doing lately. Yeah. Because it, it, like you, it feels like you're walking into a room with the show that's on, you know, and then you kind of you they, it nods to you, and you, you get it right. You know where the narrative's going. Like, no, I don't. Like, <laughs> show it to me, kind of thing. Well, I mean, technically, this show has been on for <laughs> over ten over years. 10 years. <laughs> you know, so like, I, yeah, I, I get, I, I get, I get what you, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Where it does feel like we're coming into like the middle of a story rather than the beginning of one. Mm-hmm. But like, they're looking at this in the overall scope of things. Like we're yeah. going this, and typically we, you know, like the movie we want a beginning, middle, and end and stuff like that. But like they're seeing it for the beginning, middle, of an end of a story that's spanning 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely because we've been there since the. I, I want to say the beginning, and it does feel. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's that fatigue. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's that fatigue that I want to I want them to take risks because I've seen them take risks and it's paid off. And yeah. yeah, well, the thing is, like, we haven't seen them take risks in a while. Right. That's, that's true. Like, I, I wouldn't consider take um, Infinity War or Endgame taking a risk mm-hmm. because that's like the uh, the crescendo of the, the story that they're finishing. Right. Right. So everything that happens in there is is fair game. What would have been taking a risk is if they introduced a brand new fucking superhero. Yeah. <laughs> well, Modok. You know, not, is that not Modok for you? No, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about Endgame or Infinity. Oh, War. okay, I see. I was like, yeah. Modok anyway. So like, no, like the first real game changer mm-hmm. was Winter Soldier, yeah. and that was because it elevated from a simple, you know, comic book movie to a spy thriller. Right. This, this and. Aside from, you know, Hydra uh, unveiling that Hydra has been pulling the strings all along and all this crazy shit. And then from there, you have, I think, uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Where you you took you took a a a flailing character (laughs) and just completely turned it on its head and made a complete joke out of it. But it worked and it was awesome. It was fantastic. It was funny. Yeah. You know, I don't see another, you know movie from the um the mcu since post uh ragnarok that's pushing the boundaries or willing to do something completely different yeah yeah top of my head i i don't really uh i i'm probably glossing it over but yeah you're right i don't mm. somewhere they they take a risk and it, it pays off for them at least at the top yeah. of my head probably, yeah, unfortunately yeah. the last one that did take a risk like you said was eternals and oof. yeah that was a. <laughs> That was hard. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Right <laughs> oh yeah, well, Black Panther. Uh, that's that's uh, the, yeah something where it, it's the narrative is mostly focused on on that character that we haven't really seen too much of. 
Yeah. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Right? The first one. No, not Wakanda Forever. <laughs> that, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing in Phase 4, probably prior to that. You know, those movies were like, I want to say to some extent, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. That really, because it's those, those two films feel so culturally different compared to what we're used to. Mm-hmm. That it feels like it's so brimming with something that we have never gone through that or not seen or not really experienced that it elevates it past you know cookie cutter cookie cutter kind of Marvel films. Yeah. So it's uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is another guard right. Oh my gosh! They, why didn't I they, think of that? <laughs> they tried something. They tried something new and it completely blew it out of the water and elevated the game. Yeah. The ensemble cast. Right. We haven't really seen an ensemble kind of superhero cast that actually works. Right, no. right. You see the Su- you see Suicide Squad, the first one, and like it just fell on its head. And then you see the Suicide Squad, and it, you could see the the resemblance with from Guardians, where you have these these ensemble characters. Improvements, right? <laughs> Thank you, uh, TLDR and the improvements. Yeah. Okay. So does does that mm, like does a question that has to be asked now is that is it because they're not really hiring people that are you know directors and producers and stuff like that who have a specific view mm-hmm. just because like James Gunn was the last one you know they had um, Edgar Wright for to do the first Ant-Man and right. he, they kind of had to separate because of uh, creative differences so you know you, you take something uh, a director like James Gunn that does you know super James Gunny movies mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to push the envelope or do something new or try something better you know all the, the, the directors that they've hired from here on out are either have been working you know, it's the second, third movie that they're doing, or they're brand new. Right. So I feel like they need to have somebody who, like, can you imagine if fucking Christopher Nolan directed a Oh my God. An MCU I movie? mean, I, freaking, I can imagine Christopher Nolan directing a Batman film. So you know, anything is possible, <laughs> right? Oh, to answer your or, qu- um, what is there, what's yeah. the the dude who did Dune, Dennis uh, Villeneuve? Dennis Villeneuve, right. Imagine him yeah. directing. Hiring that dude right. to do fucking. Blade. Right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> or Eternals two, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that would be perfect. That would be yeah. amazing. But to answer your mm. question, uh, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. Like mm-hmm. when you said Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright has a certain vision. Right, he has a certain leeway that you kind of want to give him so that he can expand that vision. But the Marvel mis- machine isn't really flexible in that way. Like they are to some extent, but if you if it's given the gravity of the production, so if it's something that is they the the whole movie franchise leans on, then they're gonna lean hard on you, and that you're gonna have to conform to their certain sense. The other films, not so much, right? Something like Ragnarok didn't feel like it, it's something that impacted everything, but they give they give Taika Waititi a lot of headroom to do what he wanted and then the sequel you can kind of see that impressive marvel machine kind of feeling <laughs> the right thumb. right the front the press of them like do what you did with the, the previous one i don't know right i don't know i don't know if that's how it really went but it, it's a little bit of a balance with the directives creative choices and the studio and the producers yeah. so I, yeah I, that yeah. like the right the shift between ragnarok and thor love and thunder right. is like a perfect example because like it was pretty much well like known, accepted that that was going to be Thor's last movie, mm-hmm. and then that's I think I feel like um, saw an interview with Chris Hemsworth where he's like, yeah, I mean if it's going to be our last movie, just let us do what we want, right? I see, and they did, and it fucking they knocked it out of the park, you know yeah. that type of shit. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And yeah. it's it's something that I, f- I don't feel that with Ant-Man too much, the press of thumb of Marvel's machine. But I could see how they w- they want it to play in this safe playground, right, For to Peyton Reed, to the director. And, like, do whatever mm-hmm. you want, but within this playground. Like, it gives them headway, but it's, it's not, and it's not exactly stifling either. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's like um, they're doing, like, a coloring book. You're going... You can use any colors you want, but it has to look like this at the end. Right, right. And then that's, I feel like they learned from, from Edgar Wright. Because I feel like yeah. they gave him like free reign and he went crazy. You know, he wrote in the, the margins. He ripped the book up for some different pages, you know. <laughs> he even used them yeah. as toilet paper or something like, you know, something that he went crazy. And that freaked out the producers in the studio. And then they wanted it to be more of a, a textbook we see the numbers, audiences love, love these jokes, let's have these here. And that didn't really blend well with an Artur like Edgar Wright. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so hopefully down the line that the only really textbook film is this film, and down the line they, they experiment more rather than, uh, you know what I mean, rather than it being kind of this this <laughs> oppressive thumb overlooking everyone. Yeah, let's see which are the... the phase five movies coming we know for we know it's um guardians three mm-hmm. all right that's the last one that's coming that's that's the next one or the right? next one yeah of well i mean last of it uh, the ogs mm-hmm. yeah okay so am and the wasp quantumania secret invasion yeah uh, captain america uh guardians thunderbolts yeah and blade so they all they're all relatively they they have to be flexible, you know what I mean? It's all these these are all these new characters and it's only so much that you introduce them. Yeah. Which one out of all of these are you mo- the most interested in? Most in Thunderbolts. I I'm I'm interested I'm I got Blade. Blade Blade as well. Dang, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. these films. <laughs> to be honest with you, the majority of Phase 5 it, I'm really excited to see. Yeah. Yeah, like th- I Thunderbolts for sure. Like I understand, um, just because like it's it's you're taking the, the characters some that are, if not all of them are considered like bad guys, and you make them, essentially the version of Suicide Squad, yeah, for, um, for uh, Marvel, yeah, and then Blade, a, a movie that, like, gets the respect it deserves, but from like the OGs, <laughs> like people our age and older, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. But now that they're 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 gonna uh, MCU it up. I'm like shit, like that. I'm I'm kind of I'm really hoping that they don't fuck it up, just because like the first one was so awesome and dope and cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you absolutely. think it's gonna? Do you think it's gonna be as bloody? Uh, no, I I don't think so. But I I feel like they have to, especially with Deadpool mm-hmm. three also being rated R, so they have to lean onto that blood aspect. Uh, maybe not as bloody as Blade, because I remember <laughs> it was like pools <laughs> literal <laughs> pools of blood you know one guy gets cut in the neck and there, there's like a hose apparently he has high blood pressure you know and yeah just... they have they have like a fire like a uh, like a fire hose on standby just right. spray everything down yeah. in between takes yeah exactly you know everyone's wearing ponchos that they get from san diego you know, yeah. from the aquarium because it's it's a splash zone it's like maybe not those kind of level of blood but a, a good amount of blood yeah. Like we know that Blade is the half vampire, right? Yeah. Do you think they're gonna show him feasting? Oh yes, they have to. 
<laughs> I mean, like it's it's a given that it has to happen. Yeah. But do you do you think that because it's been already like established well, in in the in the vampire folk folklore that they don't really necessarily have to? Well, especially him. Uh, like he, yeah. yeah, he doesn't have to. Uh, I they I do see them making it a very impactful moment. Because it would be mm-hmm. cool if he leans more on the human side, where he doesn't, you know, he looks at vampires as this, as this plague or as like rats, akin to rats. But when he's injured, he, and blood will help him heal. So maybe he gets injured mm-hmm. at some point and he has to drink the blood, but he doesn't want to because, you know, he'll be like this kind of thing. Ah, that's See, they're going to be like, they're going to make it a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, like an addict to some extent. Yeah. Right? Something, and. Yeah. But for Blade, I, I, it does open up the doors for Midnight Suns. And the Midnight mm-hmm. Suns, we already have Stephen Strange. So Midnight Suns had Ghost Rider part of that as well. Oh, my God. So I'd Ghost love Dude, to I see started, Ghost Rider again. I've been, I've been re-watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh-huh. Oh, when oh Robbie Reyes? God. Hell yeah. yeah. Dude, Gabriel Luna is <laughs> so good as Ghost Rider. Yeah. With, there, I, yeah. Can you believe like there's a, a, a subset of, of fans that don't like the... Uh, uh, Robbie Reyes, um, I could, Ghost Rider? I could see that. It's 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 a, a departure from you know Johnny Blaze, kind mm. of classic metal leather, you know, and now he has a charger, right? Oh, dude, it's, that's a sexy. Yeah, it, it really, there's a scene in that. It's like this is the weirdest segue. I'm sorry, but this there's a scene. I'm sorry, I just want to say it. But there's a scene where yeah. he they they call Ghost Rider and it's, everyone is freaking out and the main baddie I think she's like an AI and I forgot her name and she's jumping like locations but mm-hmm. Ghost Rider's right behind her so she's, she keeps <laughs> jumping locations and I love that everything like the agents were struggling against her but as soon as Ghost Rider shows up it's like nope she she's out. She tries to run away, but Ghost Rider is like one step ahead, uh, behind her. Yeah. And if she met, if she stopped in one location, he would have caught up. And I love that mm-hmm. that Terminator kind of aspect that he's gonna get you eventually. <laughs> Did they announce that they're gonna uh, bring the bring Ghost Rider to the MCU? I don't right? know. I don't know on the top no. of my head. I don't. I don't know. But I would love to see Gabriel Luna play <laughs> play uh, <laughs> come back yeah come back because i yeah. he, he has that certain he was also in terminator so he has that certain intimidation yeah, he, yeah. and he's like a slight dude he's kind of like tiny like thin and tiny mm-hmm. well you know i'm fat and tall so everybody's thin and tiny <laughs> me. but he he i get this feeling that he's like slight but he could still pull off that like i, I you do not want to fuck with yeah, me yeah I, I don't do did they do the penance stare in Ages of Shield, did he do that? No, they didn't. No, no, he didn't, didn't do, do that. the penance there because that's that's more like of a Johnny Blaze. Thing. Okay, because that well, that, that's something a ghostwriter should be able to do. So that mm-hmm. would be cool to see that in a you know yeah. he's like look into my eyes, look at the, all the souls that you've hurt, kind of thing. No, I, I remember there's a scene where he's in jail, he's in prison, mm-hmm. and he's finding uh, the guy right, right, and then he's like, I'm gonna show you, you know, whatever, what true fear is, whatever bullshit. And it, it all it cuts to outside the, the the cell and the guy screaming. So maybe he could use the penance there, there. Mm, okay. But I don't remember him like look into my eyes. Yeah, it's a it's situation. A, yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I I love that with Johnny Blaze's character, where he's in prison. I, I, again, another prison. And he can feel the evil, and he can't yeah. help it. Uh, he has yeah, to judge huh. everyone. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> I, I well, I'm excited for that magical aspect of Marvel with Blade and hopefully yeah. Midnight Suns down the line with Multiverse of Madness being weird as hell. So yeah. demons and hopefully vampires and monsters and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and I feel like it, they're finally starting to embrace the, like you said, the the magical aspect of their of their characters. Like um, every everything we've seen in the MCU up till, I mean, obviously excluding uh, Doctor Strange, <laughs> has been some sort of either technological advancement that gives them power, mm-hmm. or they're gods. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm excited right. for that. Yeah, totally. All right. So overall, what would you give Quantum Mania? Uh, a seven, a pretty good yeah. seven. Yeah. A seven, I'm, I'm 7. right there 5. with you. Seven point five, because there are moments like Modok is definitely one of the highs. Like, <laughs> oh my god, the end scene with Modok is like all you have to do is stop being a dick. Yeah, the, that scene. I, I for humor, it's it's hard for us, right? Or mm-hmm. oh, even though our humor is broken, you know, we say Bangkok, and it's something we can't help but see. We can't help but giggle. giggle. But for that scene, it, 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 I thought it was gonna be, you know, kind of too long. But I just love mm-hmm. it because you know, it's like look yeah. at me. And then Cassie's humongous, and then the scene where Cassie and Scott hug and they're huge. It's like yeah. this is so cool. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> like I feel like eating lemon or something. I just it's like right something citrusy. Yeah, so, you know? it, so I love when they're together. There's another scene we didn't talk about it, uh, but when they're when they're at home with when they're having pizza. And it's like, I oh, just yeah. saved you eight dollars. And they're all making jokes like, really? You never talked about saving the world? <laughs> like Scott's never <laughs> talked about saving the world. Like you should write a book about it. And it's like I, I <laughs> everything that he's done. Yeah, yeah everything that he's death. done. Yeah. I love <laughs> the the humor and the aspect of that when they're together. And when there's mm-hmm. when it's it's really difficult because you have the Ant Man humor and then you have the seriousness of Kang. So the major gripe for me is that there are two themes going on and they conflict a lot. And they they pay off to some extent with, you know, Modoc, but when you go mm-hmm. back to someone as serious as Kang, you can't help but, you know, have that humor with him. You know, he says, I am Kang. And you can't help but laugh, but it's supposed to be a serious, intimidating moment. And that's where it, it conflicts for me. The humor yeah. and the seriousness of Kang. And it's um it's for the most part it doesn't really do well a good job in blending them together. Enough anyway. Mm. So do you think the the because it was a little you know funnier than it should have been, it kind of downplayed the seriousness of introducing Kang. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. imagine with Thanos, Thanos getting mm-hmm. joked at, right? It's it's hard to imagine <laughs> now, given what he's never really joked in all of his interpretations, because we mm-hmm. wanted him to be this intimidating force of nature. But for Kang, and especially it goes with the Council of Kangs again. How can you not laugh (laughs) at a whole Council of Kangs freaking out? And then, you know, and it's there has to be a moment in phase five, hopefully that it's serious time. No more jokes. Serious time. (laughs) Yeah. See, like, because I don't think um, Kang is going to be like that big of major uh role in guardians three mm-hmm. yeah i don't if think anything so it's gonna have like some like a small part yeah yeah i don't think so, i don't think so either and if it does it's bloated as hell then because there's so many yeah. things to worry about right yeah and it's, and it's also a a group of characters that have a the reputation of being jokey mm-hmm. yeah yeah i see your, yeah i see your point yeah, it, yeah. It's, it'll be another ant-man if you have something where it's intimidating, but hopefully James Gunn, uh, they they trust James Gunn enough to to you know give him to the other competition, to distinguished competition, <laughs> without yeah. any without any big deal. So hopefully Guardians, he does have a good way of blending the dark humor along with 
darker aspects for like Guardians 2 like Yondo dies oh. like you watch him die and it's it's yeah. something that that's there has to be jokes but there's serious moments and he does a good way of blending those too yeah so I'm, I'm hoping that whenever we get to see Kang again as the main bad bad guy in a, a movie be it Avengers or like a, another singular character mm-hmm. which probably is going to be Loki <laughs> yeah because uh, when does Loki season two come out? Like towards the end of the summer or something right, like that, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably the next time we're gonna see Kang. And I honestly think that it did. Loki did a better job of <laughs> in that five minutes. Insane, yeah, yeah. Like the, the 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 three minute fucking post uh, mid credit scene of conveying how terrifying Kang could really be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and what was the the end credits? Oh yeah, the end credit scene was the laughable Council of Kings, <laughs> <laughs> the laughing Kings. Yeah. The same way with you at seven. Uh, yeah, like a seven, six point five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was funny in the same vein as all the other Ant Man films. Um, that probably very heavily attributed to how charming and awesome Paul Rudd is. Yeah, um, I like the fact that they they found a character in. Oh, an actress, an actor to play the daughter that bounces off really well with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I was afraid I, again, about that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> again, I, honestly, that could just be because Paul Rudd is so charming. <laughs> Paul Rudd blends <laughs> with every character, like every scene. Exactly. He, even, with, even with Jonathan Majors. I would have loved to be on set with them joking around and him making Jonathan Majors the stoic. Yeah, this yeah. stoic kind of guy just laugh. Yeah. Okay, so one thing that came to mind and, and it kind of does bother me or bug me is like, don't you think that if you were an Avenger, at some point you should start learning how to fight? <laughs> You're talking about the end fight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he got his ass whooped. And it, it, he got it, his, it, the shit yeah, kicked out of him. Yeah, whooped. You could see the Creed training has been paying off because he's super yeah. freaking Jonathan Majors. His bicep was as big as his head. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, and he smashed his helmet. Yeah, it was it was kind of it was sad. He had his punches in sure, <laughs> but he didn't even you know phase him. Or no. Like so <laughs> I mean, it, and again, that's just the minutia that every fan has. They, they find something <laughs> to pick, and it, it bothers them to no end. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. A six point five, a seven. Uh, it's again, I don't understand where all the hate is coming from, but. I enjoyed it. I had fun. Yeah. And that's that's what it is at the end of the day. If you had fun exactly. and you enjoyed it, why ruin it for everyone else? Yep. So, like always, like we said this before, just, just watch the movie. Like, who cares what another person said about it? Yeah. Watch it. Make up your own decision. Exactly. Thank you for listening. For more info on the show, check out our link tree. And if you like what you've heard, leave a thumbs up. If you want to help grow the show, please share and subscribe. I've been your host, like always, Joel, company with your, my good buddy, Ernesto. Hey. And this has been Pops Also. Awesome.